The following podcast is sponsored by SuperheroStuff.com. Sci-Fi For Me Radio presents Jason Hunt, Timothy Harvey. This is H2O. Welcome, everyone. This episode of H2O, yes, we are, brought to you by SuperheroStuff.com. And they sent me an email, Mr. Harvey. Did they now? They did. I got an email today. Your order has shipped. Your order has teleported. It's on its way. Is this the slow motion teleportation system we have? Yes. Okay. Yes, it is the low energy. Oh, well, you know, you got to conserve the energy. Without I mean. the Heisenberg compensator. <laughs> Those because, things are expensive. Yeah, I tell you. I've been trying to get one, and and uh, so far. you got to go out in the desert and paint yourself blue. I know. Rich, Rich Uncle Otto's just have not come through yet. Um, also got an email from uh, from our buddy Ray up Hi, in Ray. Uh, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. He sent us a sent us an email. The subject line found Mr. Harvey rapping in a music video. <laughs> yeah. We took a look at this. This uh, a thing on YouTube. It's uh, it's from a rapper named BT, and yep. it features a guest artist, Mike Doty. I, is, I think it's is, Doty. Is it Doty? Yeah. And you said he he sounded familiar. Yeah, I'm listening to this and going, this guy's voice is really familiar. And he is the lead singer of the band Soul Coughing. And if you are of a certain age, um, like in your 30s or 40s, uh, and 50s, of course, I mean, older, older listeners, too. Um, he was, a, the, they were big in the 90s. and uh, I've never heard of them. You've heard their music, though. You've heard their music in films. Uh, they uh, uh, they were on the X Men, uh, the X Files, Fight the Future soundtrack. Um, you would you'd recognize their music if you heard if you heard enough of their songs. It, you've heard it, maybe, yeah, oh yeah, it, it's been out there. And, okay, and they were actually a highly critically acclaimed band uh, because they mix a lot of different music styles, and they never quite seemed to fit the um, standard. Pop. A particular category. Yeah. Um, so we're watching this guy. That, that, that voice is really familiar. And, and he does kind of look like you He looks like me. He looks like me if I had a receding hairline. Because Mike's a little bit older than I am. Um, and uh, uh, was blonder. And he's much less gray than I am. So I'll give him that. Um, so yeah. Uh, but actually, uh, I, I the song was really catchy. Uh, it was. Uh, and it... Uh, it's got a beat and you can dance to That's it. That's right. Or, or whatever. <laughs> Actually, I take that back. We are the same age. Are you? We are. <laughs> we are. I just looked him up on Wikipedia. Uh, you know, I haven't seen you two in the same room I together. am slightly older than he is. Um, but, uh, uh, in fact, um, actually, his birthday is tomorrow. Oh. So, What a coincidence. Um, and mine was last month. So, yeah. Uh, but that was actually kind of cool. I'm, I've, I actually uh, was, was sort of binge listening Soul coughing. Uh, I spent a lot of time in my car for work for the day gig, and I had gone through and listened to a whole bunch of their old stuff, and actually some of, of the the new stuff that he's been doing as a solo artist and with former members of the band. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, definitely. Thank you because that was uh, it's a new song for me to add to the rotation. Because actually, yeah. I, it, was, it was fun to listen to. Yeah, thanks, Ray. And he sent us a, a, a link to his new Tumblr blog. Yeah. Crimson Eye Media, mm-hmm. where he's doing a bunch of metal sculpture and artwork. Some and stuff. good looking really, stuff. Really impressive yeah. stuff there. Yeah. So, and of course, um, he's done some good looking stuff for us too. Yes. Yes. Which will be on display mm-hmm. during our hopefully live coverage of WorldCon. Yeah. Which is only two months away. I know. 
Oh, we feel yeah. so we have so much to do. I know, and we haven't done any of it yet. <laughs> no, exactly. Well, we've been busy. Uh, yeah, I suppose. Well, yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, fortunately, yeah, and yeah. unfortunately. Um. But yeah, there's a lot to do yet, and um, it should be a really cool week, though. It should be. I mean, we hopefully, hopefully, we, we'll if be we getting... get if we get to do what we want to do. Well, and we've okay. we've for those of you who who don't know what we're talking about um obviously worldcon is the home of the hugo awards yes and they're gonna be here in kansas city this year mid-americon 2 is the name of the kansas city event hosting the world science fiction convention if we want to get official with it sure and um so the hugo awards come out of that and of course leaving aside the controversy however whatever the the uh, the details of the the controversy that have been around the hugo awards it's a really neat opportunity to have some really really talented people here in kansas city yes and for us to go out and talk to them and well and not only not only worldcon but the campbell conference has been moved from june to august so they're going to be their own academic track as part of the panels and workshops right, out there right, this right. year. So, because, you know, all of these authors are sitting there going, you know, when we travel, it's, yeah. why not just do it all in one trip? <laughs> Make it a little easier. And so the WorldCon people went, okay. And yeah. The Campbell Conference people went, okay. Sure. And well, so there it, that stuff is expensive to try and do separately. Yes. If you can roll it in together. Yeah. Um, but so our goal, what we want to do is go out there and broadcast live. We basically want to do coverage for the of the entire thing for the entire week. It's out there. That's the goal. That's the goal. <laughs> and we have we have some alternate plans if that's not possible. But we're, it'll be it'll be almost live. I think from a technical standpoint, Live-ish. from a technical standpoint, it's more possible than the question of whether the question at this point is really whether or not we're going to have internet access out there. And there's a couple of different things that we're looking at as far as options for that. Um, but, you know, by the way, I still have not heard back from Sprint. Mm. So one of the things that we're dealing with is is just logistics. I mean, it's, it's the, the realities of the space. It's the realities of contracts and all this other stuff that we just right. have. Uh, the, the, the drudgery portion of any, anything involving a, a convention. I mean, for for those of you who, who go out to cons, we just had Planet Comic Con here. Mm-hmm. Um, we got Casey Comic Con coming up the week before. Yeah, Worldcon. It's it's like yeah, we'll go out for for Kansas City Comic Con and then turn around the next week and go right back in there like yeah. three days later. So um, it's these are these are very very. There's a lot of moving parts. They are complicated, and uh, the, the least exciting part is the part that takes up the most amount of time, which is the nuts and bolts of making it actually happen. The week itself is just you know. Oh, yeah. Well, it's going to go by just like that. Yeah, but uh, everything up to that point is is the actual work that everybody has to do. And so, we're, yeah, we're trying to figure out what we're going to do about the, about the internet. Because if, if, we, if we can live stream it out and get that stuff out to you right away, um, that would be the goal. Because we, we would love to be able to have you guys sit there and as we interview people, you are you are seeing that right away. Yes. And by the way, if, if you are uh, a manager or an owner of a business that would like to sponsor our coverage of Worldcon. Sure. Uh, there are there are things that we can do there, too. We can mm-hmm. talk. Yeah. Well, and, and and for those of you who may sitting there going, well, why don't you do like live on Twitter or live on Facebook or any of those things where they, that instant upload kind of thing they're doing. Right. The building that we are in, the Kansas City, uh, the uh, uh, Bartle Hall down in Kansas City, is notorious for its internet 
mm-hmm. dead zones. So Although I was connecting talking, is, is often a challenge. Yeah, but during Planet Comic Con, I was out there. I was talking to some of the guys at the Sprint mm-hmm. booth, and Sprint right. said they just finished, not too long ago, they just finished upgrading their network inside that building. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all of the relays and the and the fiber optics and whatever else they've got to do, their their stuff. Because it's part of this thing that they've been doing for the last couple of years, updating right. their entire network across the, the way. And uh, the guy tell, tells me that if you have a Sprint signal, if you've got a, if, if Sprint is your provider, then you won't have any trouble getting getting a signal getting out from the building. So I have Sprint on my phone. So at the very least, we could put together a couple of hotspots or something, right? And and go that way. But yeah, it's it, it's going to be an interesting week. Now the other thing that's going to be, nah, I don't know, challenge is getting the time off of work for yeah. everybody that's got jobs during the day and say, oh yeah, no, I got to go hang out with George R. R. Martin. Sorry. Well, you know, I actually I've actually got the. Time and request for it, so okay. I'm actually going to try and take, if not mo- if not in the entire week, then most of the week. I'm hoping that some of our Dallas team can come up. Oh, that'd be great. To help us out. That that would be good. But yeah, I've, I've, and I've talked to some other folks who are interested in coming out and helping us play. Like, uh, we have a friend of ours, uh, Alden, who uh, yeah. is a filmmaker here in town, has his own company, and but he's also interested in coming out and playing with us. Well, we so. need to do, well, our, our biggest need right now, and I maybe we can, maybe we open this up to people that are out there that have got skills and interest. Sure. Um, putting together video packages. Mm-hmm. Uh, that detail out, you know, by, uh, a profile of Hugo Gernsback, a history of the World Con, history of the, you know, the World Science Fiction Society, sure. you know, the, these different things. It was, yeah, so if, if you're interested at all. Sure, in, you send us an email, h2o at sci-fi-for-me.com. Yeah, because we're, we're looking for editors, we're looking for folks who uh, who obviously can shoot, too, because we want to put some Anybody with a journalism uh, background or interest in, in doing anything like that, that would be... You know, and obviously, good, you know, obviously your fans, you'd be, that's why you're listening to this podcast. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and of course... The the benefit from for you out there is exposure. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, well, I don't know. We may we you know we we may be able to turn around some superhero stuff merch. Oh sure, and and do something at least as a thank you. But mm-hmm. you know, yeah, this is this is an all volunteer thing. So, but it's also a chance to get out and for those who can be here and be part of it, um, you actually get to be you know the Hugo Awards. They, you know, I have the Hugos every year, but it's they don't stay in the same place. Right, they yeah, move around. Traveling. So next, you can next year is Helsinki. Yeah, so you can you could spend a significant chunk of your life, you know, and not have the Hugos at your town. I wouldn't mind going to Helsinki. I would not mind either. Yeah. You know, so maybe okay. So this year we established the precedent. Right. That sure. Sci-Fi for me is the official mm-hmm. live coverage organization for Worldcon, and. We get to travel every year, and we go to <laughs> Worldcon, and we'll cover Worldcon from wherever it is, right? Sure. And Worldcon fits the bill. I am uh, there. You go. Especially, <laughs> or we especially get sponsors. Right. We get sponsors uh, for it. Oh yeah, I'd love to go. I'd love, I love. I have. I've been to Europe. Right. Uh, Make your I've check never out. Never been to, to Helsinki. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm. T- I'm. I'm telling you. No, really, seriously though. If if you do, if you do have uh, any say in uh, the marketing plans for your company, that if you if you work for some place and you've got, uh, you want to reach out to a niche market mm-hmm. that's incredibly fiercely loyal. Um, I mean, you talk about brand loyalty. Oh yeah. Let's let's talk about brown coats for a minute. Uh, <laughs> 
So yeah, it's 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 going to be an interesting opportunity. And one of the things that we have not done yet that we need to do that we haven't done is read the nominees. Well, and that's and that comes down to the fact that I mean you've got you're doing this work for MTV, which is which is up. which is done this week. Next week, I'm, I'm we're uh, next week is another thing, but yeah. So that, yeah. that's that's eating up a lot of your time. Yeah, it has. And and I'm, I've goodness, I've got. Just came off a film competition that uh, oversaw here, getting ready to do two more. Um, the Independent Filmmakers Coalition of Kansas City's One Night Stand film competition is coming up on the 18th. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, out in the in the world, um, the Timed Film Festival started in Kansas City. Yep. And I say Timed Film, I mean all of them. If you've heard of the 40-Hour Film Festival or... or um, you know the Wild West Film Festival. Any 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 film festival that has a time limit, they usually tend to be a twenty four hour, forty eight hour, or whatever. Uh, that started in Kansas City way back when, and um, we do it in ten hours here, and produce some really really cool stuff in ten hours. It's kind of amazing what you can actually pull off. Yeah, and if, we talked about doing that at Planet. Yeah, we uh, we trying you know, to figure out some way that we could get some of the celebrities to. Uh, just drop in and be yeah. part of the teams and show it because uh, it was it was the year when Stephen Amell was in mm-hmm. and we were talking about doing it then but then of course we talked about a little bit doing it this year too um, you know how cool would it be if oh yeah you know Gigi Edgeley did you know a, a minor supporting part in your short film as part of a competition because I mean, she just did a she just did a Star Trek episode with yeah the, Star Trek continues yep yep yeah. That would be fun. So it, it, we weren't able to do it this year with the con because, well, Kevin Smith came in. Yeah. And stole the time slot. But that's okay. People had a great time at the Kevin Smith. Uh, well, they, I guess they were filming it. Uh, it was an evening of did Kevin they? Smith filming. Did they, did they shoot it? Well, they they, sh- they tend to shoot those over several different okay. uh, events, and they sure. compile them for the actual film. Um, so, yeah, we were excited about that. And we're looking at something, probably having a science fiction fantasy film competition um, here in Kansas City at some point because we... There's certainly a lot of interest for it. And if know. you would like to be a sponsor for that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and interestingly enough, we're going to do something similar at uh, Maker Fair this year. Oh. Yeah. So Maker Fair is, uh, and they're all over the country, uh, Maker Fair is a weekend of tech innovators and inventors mm-hmm. and people with just nifty ideas and people what just build things. Um, uh that's going to run down at Union Station, down downtown Kansas City. Yes. And this is the second year that they've had film involvement, the film community involvement. And we went out last year, and it was the first time we did it, and nobody really knew what we were doing last year because we were brand new at bringing this to, to Maker Fair. Right. And so we tried a lot. You know, we had people showing off gear, and we, we did a thing with um, uh, stuff that had been made by people who couldn't afford to buy the, the expensive professional gear, so they right. made their own. Right. So we had a couple of really neat homemade, you know, homemade jib and things like that that were actually really, really well done. This year, we're going to make a film every hour. Oh. Yeah. We're going to shoot a film every hour, and we're gearing it more towards younger participants. We're gonna, we're basically going to sit there and invite the attendees to make a film with us, and we're taking like a page long science fiction, fantasy, or superhero script. We're going to have some of those written, and they we are going to. Um, Shoot those every hour, and then, uh, you know, with costumes and makeup, and we're going to have a green screen background, and we got a set piece that we, uh, uh, my friend Meg built for um, 
the Paradox City shoot that I was involved in. I was the art director for. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's sitting in Outpost Studios' garage, and we're going to s- borrow it for the weekend uh, as a piece of backdrop. And then we're going to have editors cut it throughout the day, and then at the end of each day, that Saturday and Sunday, we're going to upload them to the internet so well, people can see the films that they were involved in. And then, of sure. course, aiming this more at the younger audiences, it's you know, here's a, if you're a, if you're a kid, you're in a movie. It's on yeah, the internet. That's cool. <laughs> so. Um, That's very cool. We just decided to roll this out. We just, uh, I was actually going to mention this to you before we started recording tonight and then completely forgot about it we were talking about other things. But yeah, we just, we got really excited about it. So, um, when the, uh, talk about, talk about being excited, the, the, the level of excitement for a TV show. I've been, I've been binge, mm-hmm. binge watching Star Trek Deep Space Nine. I'm into season yeah. four now. And I'm I'm struck with how many how many episodes I missed mm-hmm. the first time around. Yeah, uh, and watching them in order, it's it's a lot more evident what they were doing with the arcs. Once Ronald Moore started as one of the supervising producers, and they when they they started building into the Dominion and the war right. and all of that. It was you could start to see the threads being pulled from other episodes and the mm-hmm. different pieces and how it was starting to build and 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 compile and stuff. I'm thinking, I I don't know why I missed as many of these episodes as I did the first time around, but it it got me thinking uh, because we've talked about Gotham, mm-hmm. yeah. and we've talked about a couple of other shows uh, uh, because. Um, Sonia is going to start doing recaps of The Last Ship. Okay, yeah. And we've talked about that a little bit. And it got me thinking, there are shows that we've started to watch that you kind of drift away from watching. And you don't watch them anymore. Mm -hmm. It's not because they're bad, because you just don't watch them anymore. Right. What's what's on your list? I mean, Gotham I stopped watching because it's just bad. Yeah, Gotham. Um, but there are some shows that just got away from it. Castle's one of them. Um, oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Falling Skies. Right, yeah. You know, uh, yeah, I watched the first season of Falling Skies and then kind of just... Fleh. I got behind on Shannara Chronicles. I got behind on Shadowhunters. Yeah, well, I gave up on I gave up on Shadowhunters. Uh, no, I... Um, okay, well, some of it is just bad. Um, what's the new one? The the one based on the Whitley Strieber Hunters. Hunters. Watched. I watched the first couple episodes of that and went, no. Yeah. I'm done. Um, well, it's interesting because we, we've moved to this point now where we're, we're doing more binge watching. And because you and I run into this all the time, is that mm. we don't, you know, when things are airing, we're doing something else. Yeah. And so we end up catching up. And sometimes that means catching up three or four episodes at a time. And every now and again, we get lucky and we get, like, advanced episodes, screeners from, from the, the different studios. I'm still waiting for a screener on Powerless. <sighs> I would like that. <laughs> We'd like that very much. Um, so we end up, so you end up doing this, like, binge thing. Yeah. Even, even if you're watching it before it actually airs, you're kind of doing this binge thing. And the cool part is, is doing something like with Deep Space Nine, because that was really the first Star Trek show that actually dived into arc storytelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did. Because um, uh, Next Generation, you'd, you'd have two-parters, but there really wasn't a big arcing story. But we thought we almost thought we were going to get one too when we had when the, uh, we had the reveal that the Federation had been infiltrated oh, by yeah. the bug thing. Yeah, and, and then it nothing ever one, happened. Yeah, just one episode and it went away. 
Um, but that was again, and and I, we keep we keep talking about this because it keeps coming back up, which is the fact that we went from episodic TV to story arcs, mm-hmm. and I just talked about it in the Winona Earp review I just wrote, um, which they tweeted out. They tweeted out thank twice. You yes. Uh, so thank you, uh, oh fine and wonderful people, and uh, at the, and the Winona, uh, actually. By the, Winona, by the way, I'm I'm still waiting for the email return message, the the reply message about interviews. Yes, well, hopefully that'll happen. Uh, uh, Tim Rosen, uh, who uh, uh, liked the uh, tweet that he liked the tweet, so hopefully it means he read the review. I would uh, hope. Well, he's. <laughs> He uh, he was very very kind in pointing out that I misspelled his name at one point. Um, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, because we get um, okay, so we've got uh, uh, the uh, Winona Earp people, yeah, and Terry Metalis, mm-hmm. who is the showrunner for Twelve Monkeys. Right. He he sees our stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, don't know if he's reading it, but he's he's liking or or every now and again we'll get a retweet. Um, but yeah, the the Winona Earp people are are are. Very, very good to us. Well, and they're, right I mean, now. they're, they're really, really friendly to their fans. I mean, they yeah. are, they're very responsive and very, I think they're, they're just excited. Uh, Emily Andrus, who did uh, Lost Girl. That's the one I'm waiting to hear back from because I sent her an email. Right, yeah. Um, so she already comes with, she already comes with a lot of fan cred. Yeah. And so they're just really, really engaged with their fans, which is always cool. And considering, considering that last week's review, you know, this this is this is not a case of I just wrote a wonderful review that is everyone so you know, kiss up to the showrunners here. Last week's review was not one of those reviews. No, it was not. <laughs> um, so uh, that was the one where you said it was a mixed bag. Yeah, that I was yeah. putting it mildly. So, but they are very responsive, and that's and that's part of the cool things about um, fandom and the creators at this point, uh, and and the actors and the and the directors and showrunners, and they're very responsive. We see that all the time. I mean, you know, we get the interaction between, you know, James Gunn mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and the fans for the Guardians of the Galaxy. Or, uh, you know, anytime you have uh, Robert Downey Jr. out in the world. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Because he, he's, he's very interactive with, with, uh, with people. Yeah, and so you have you have a really really cool environment for and a very supportive one. I think in, in um, most of these cases, you just see the, these folks really really being excited about engaging in their with their fans. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's not everybody's cool with that, but but the good chunk of these folks are, uh, which is exciting. Uh, it's not just going to the cons and and meeting them just for an autograph. Um, although you go to a lot of these cons, you find a lot of these guys don't just want to do an autograph. They want to come out from behind the table and talk to you. Yeah. Uh, which is always cool. Which is fun. So. Well, because um, uh, uh, Vig Mignogna mm-hmm. was at the, uh, Planet Comic Con this year. And um, James went and saw him. Mm-hmm. Went and talked yep. to him. And he's standing in line. <laughs> and he doesn't have the money for a, for an autograph. Right. Because it's, you know, it's well, 20 bucks or whatever. And he doesn't have any cash in his pocket. So one of the volunteers that was standing, one of the planet mm-hmm. volunteers, yeah. um, gave James the money for uh, really? a picture for Vic. And Vic made a big deal out of it. <laughs> he made a huge deal. He was like, dude, 
Did you know what she just did? You know, I mean, just it just I mean, just blew up about it and made a big deal. And and James was kind of he was like, what? This this is kind of cool because Vic Mignogna was 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 making a big deal out of him about what yeah. what that was was going on. And yeah, you're right. A lot of these, a lot of times, they'll they'll do these kind of things where, um, you know, well, like James Barrowman mm-hmm. or uh, yeah, John, John Barrowman, right? Yeah, James. Um, you know, he'll 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 interact and he'll get out there and, and do. Now there are some that don't do that. Sure, of course. And I think it's to their detriment. I think they I think they miss out on some of this. Well, and in all fairness, uh, you know, actors come in, actors are, are just like everybody else. They come in different levels of comfort. Mm-hmm. Um, and you and I, especially going to these cons and watching these people talk, you can tell who the folks are who are very much. Yeah. Um, they are, they like to be out among people. And there's some folks who are just more reserved and they're, you know, it's a, it's a job and they, you, you can watch some of these actors who are very dynamic on camera but in in real life are very much more well and i'm wondering and i'm wondering how much of that is generational oh some of it surely i think some of it is just some of these some of these folks are are much more comfortable playing someone else yeah yeah and and they can be anybody but who they are personally is is much you know i don't know if shy is necessarily the right word but they're much more introverted perhaps no it could be Uh, but yeah no it's the you get, uh, was it DMC? Yeah, yeah. DMC um, was was right before uh, the, the the my moment of of eat your heart out. Breaking Bad fans. <laughs> <laughs> um, DMC, uh, of course, from Run DMC, right? Uh, who's writing comic books now? And Bart got actually he's doing a lot of different things, but he was out primarily talking about his his some of his career and and some and writing comic books, and how important comic books have been for him. You know, just an incredibly engaging speaker. I mean, people were just you know, I mean, he was cracking up the audience, and he was he was hitting him emotionally and mm-hmm. things like that. He was a, he's a great storyteller. Um, and it had not even occurred to me because of course we are we're the you know Run DMC was was big rap stuff when we were younger. Right. Um, and so that was part of the, actually, they were part of the whole, you know, maybe not the very, very first, but I mean, that early explosion of rap music and, and hip hop in, into pop culture. Didn't, did they do the, did they do the team up with Aerosmith? Aerosmith? Yeah, yeah. Was that them? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. That was, I'm, all right. Walk this See, way. I never, Walk I never listened yeah. to rap. Mm-hmm. I was peripherally aware of rap. Yeah. But I never paid attention Rap to it. Rap kind of, just well, not my thing. when I was in college, when I was at K-State, go Jayhawks, uh, <laughs> as the audience explodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I had friends at K, I had friends at KU. They would get the joke. See, um, I have, I have this, I have this advantage yeah. of having been from Texas. Yeah. That I don't care about any of them, Missouri or, okay, well, so, or Kansas yeah, yeah. or any of them. So, so, so the I can rivalry, you know, I, I can appreciate the rivalry because you know Texas OU. Sure, but I'm sitting there going, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, I am. I am not a big sports guy. Um, I could. I enjoy watching it live, but I can't. Okay, watch Sporting. Yeah, I, well, I, I enjoy watching it live because I'm. I'm usually there with friends of mine, and we're having a good time. You know, yeah, it's, 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 it's the environment. Yeah. Um, and the game is fun. But and, and I, I like a lot of different sports. When I'm at the, 
at the ballpark or the stadium or whatever. Can't watch it on TV. It bores me silly. Um, we should we should get T-shirts. <laughs> Property of Sci-Fi for Me Sports Ball Department. There we go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so the K-State KU rivalry was always a non-issue for me. I just didn't care. All I cared about was that when the KU K-State games happened, there were all these people from Lawrence who were filling up my bar, <laughs> and I'm like, "What are you guys doing here? You know, this isn't your bar. Go away." Um, and even had a night where I had a really really drunken guy from KU. Literally, cry, total stranger, crying on my shoulder, wanting to know why, why the two schools have to fight, why this rivalry. I'm going. I don't even know you. Get that sounds off like me. the Hugo Awards. I know. Doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> See how we brought that back into our topic. So there. yeah, just, but just, I mean, yeah. so it becomes this. It becomes this. You know, that's so. You know, went to K State. Go Jayhawks. Certain people's heads exploded out in the internet. Yeah. It doesn't matter, but. Um, so yeah, with the, the rap stuff, I mean, rap was really breaking in the, it was in the eighties really, it was breaking out and there was a lot of it hitting around the dorms. And in those days, rap music was protest music. Sure. You know, it was social, it was social commentary. You got to fight for your right to party. Little different, little early. <laughs> yeah. It's still a protest. Well, it is a protest and it was also a parody song. Yeah. What, uh, so many people completely failed to grasp that the Beastie Boys were mocking that mindset in that song, and they were a little annoyed that nobody got the joke. Um, so, but anyway, it's it's uh, it was social commentary, and so to sit there and have this guy sitting there, you know, for who's one of you know, Run DMC less so than say Public Enemy and some of these other guys, um, but to sit there talking about you know how comic books had an impact on his life, and the characters who had an impact on his life, and the stories that you know, these these superheroes, mm-hmm. you know. And then to be able to sit there and write a story where, you know, he's not writing himself as the hero. He's writing himself as the older character in the comic because he's not a young man anymore. Right. And so he's, you know, his stuff is, he's gearing this towards, you know, he's, he's writing this for the next generation of, of fans. Yeah. Um, which is really cool. So it was, that you is. know. Um, Maybe we should get him on to talk about it at some point. Do a do a bunker. You know what? That actually going to be pretty cool. Yeah. I'll have to send William a note and say, hey, will you yeah. set it up? Um, what, what, what shows, you know, we've, we've kind of wandered pretty far afield on, on this one. We did. That's a digression. This happens. It happens. We've been known. This is one of those freeform, uh, episodes not associated with the network. Um, although Although. if they want to pay us for the plug, (laughs) um, H2O at seven. This is also could be known as the, should you wish to sponsor us episode. (laughs) Yeah. This is our, this is our, 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 what? Baseless, shameless shilling. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So, speaking of, uh, we'll we'll shill for a little bit for our our current sponsor. Um, not not that we're looking to replace our them. Our favorite like to sponsor. Add to them, uh, superherostuff.com. They are purveyors of fine licensed merchandise. You can find all sorts of things: Godzilla, Transformers, Star mm-hmm. Wars, Star Trek, uh, DC, Marvel. What else they got? Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah. Um, pick your, pick Lego. Your, pick your cool thing. Yeah. Their odds are good they have it. And we've got some cool things on the way. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to see what's in the box. Yes. Because I got a note mm-hmm. from Jillian. Yes. And Jillian says, hey, some of this stuff that you ordered is out of stock. Oh, uh, no. What do you like to do to replace it? And I said, surprise me. Oh, there you go. And she says, Okay. <laughs> 
it's on its way. Awesome. So yeah, so we've got we've got our our next box. Maybe we'll do an unboxing on Periscope. There you go. We haven't used Periscope in a long time. Well, but we also, you know, we also have our our, our Facebook page, and their yeah. Facebook does have that. Are they that, doing like? Yeah, they're, they're doing, doing live, live video now too. So, so we'll have to figure that out. Um, because know. I haven't used Facebook Live. I um, we did. Of, we used Facebook Live for a seminar we did with with the Independent Filmmakers Coalition. Yep. And we actually did it, and it actually went over pretty well did in terms work? of, uh, you know, your your biggest challenge, of course, is. Making sure you have battery power, right? Enough battery stuff. So I've, ab- I've about had my fill of Facebook, and and there's a story, and I will tell you that story <laughs> right after this. This is Sci-Fi for Me Radio. Where can you get the latest cool superhero and sci-fi merchandise? SuperheroStuff.com From t-shirts to keychains to cookie jars and everything in between. Superhero Stuff has added more buyers to the staff, which means more stuff, which means more for you to choose from. And don't forget the Hero Box, the must-have superhero mystery box. A $70 value, just $49. Visit SuperheroStuff.com today and gear up with your favorites. SuperheroStuff.com where heroes shop. I'm meteorologist Brian Busby. If you're traveling to a convention this weekend, especially if you're a cosplayer, it helps to know what the weather's going to be like. Rain and fur don't mix very well, now do they? That's why every week, Sci-Fi for Me gives you the weather forecast for every city hosting a convention. Those we have on our list, anyway. And that's worldwide, not just in the United States. It's part of our commitment to bring you content you won't find anywhere else. Just click on the Conventions tab over at SciFiForMe.com, your portal to the science fiction multiverse. Whoa, where'd you get that shirt? Bought it at the convention last week. It's an atomic cotton design. Atomic cotton? Yep, they got t-shirt designs from sci-fi, horror, cult films. All the shirts were really unique and fun. I had to get one. I gotta wait for another convention, though. Nope. AtomicCotton.com. I ordered a shirt. Shipping was super fast. Atomic Cotton, where Erica and Zach combine their passion for art and film to create wearable art. All original, made with a love for the genre. Coming to a convention near you very soon. Or find them on the web at AtomicCotton.com. Atomic Cotton. Shirts and art for fans by fans. Star Wars fans, McKenna Riley here, inviting you to join me for the latest news, rumor, and innuendo from a galaxy far, far away. Salacious Crumbs, only on Sci-Fi For Me TV. Back on H2O, Jason Hunt here, along with Timothy Harvey. Hi there. And I I realize I did not introduce myself uh, at the beginning of the show. Um, For those of you who would like to join the conversation, if you want to sound off on any of our topics, or if you want to ask us questions to prompt us for a topic... Or if you've got an opinion on something that you want to share with us that uh, may not be related to anything that we've talked about before, uh, we have an email address that you can use, h2o at sci-fi for me.com, or you can leave a comment on all our social media. We are everywhere. We are. We are. Just we have... about. We're not on MySpace. Well, that's true We're because not very few people are. Not going to do Snapchat. Although, interestingly enough, my, my password, because you know, store the password in your browser kind of right. thing. My MySpace account still exists. I've still got one for the movie that I made. And so I logged into it. Oh, it's been a few months. Yeah. But I just, I was, I was looking, actually I was looking for a friend of mine who I knew through back when I moved to Kansas City, MySpace was the thing. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, and so I had friend, uh, a friend of mine uh, who I realized was not on Facebook. And I was like, well, why, why are they not there? And they actually, from what I can tell, they've completely dropped off Facebook. And some people will do that, right? Um, 
and I was trying to remember a conversation I'd had with her. And I went back to MySpace to see if any of the convers the, the the messages were still there. Mm-hmm. And they cleaned out a whole. They pretty much cleaned out anything. Everything. For, yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah. So I actually looked at my own profile and I was kind of like, wow. <laughs> I still have friends who are on MySpace. I mean, I mean, they they have accounts, right? Yeah. But there's nobody there. I mean, it's but it's a different. It's a new platform now too. It's basically a music platform, right? You know, for bands and things like that. So. Okay, I've about had my fill of Facebook. Yeah. Earlier this week, well, I guess it was yesterday, mm-hmm. it started doing this. In the past, I have not used Facebook Messenger. Sure. Because they were saying, everybody's got to download the Messenger app. Download the Messenger app. Right, right. Well, the Messenger app has a tendency to take take all sorts of information that Facebook doesn't need. Right, yeah. Except to sell you something. Sure. And so I I have been using the browser on my phone to right. access my Facebook messages. Sure. Well, a couple of days ago it started popping up. It, it would automatically go to Google Play to download Facebook Messenger. Right. It's like, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. And there'd be this little note that says, very soon Facebook Messenger will be the only way that you can see your mo- messages on mobile. Right. I don't want to do that. <laughs> well, it turns out here I've logged into my browser. I've logged into Facebook on my browser. Yeah. And messages are gone. Yeah, I can see that. They're yeah. gone. So the only way that I can access my messages now is through Facebook Messenger, which means that I'm not going to be a- accessing my messages uh, during the day on Facebook very much. I, I, If I, I swear, Timothy, if I did not have businesses to promote... <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, they you know, would all be gone. The there are there are some real advantages to to the social networking thing. I mean, I, I I have great praise for large chunks of social networking, mostly because it allows me to stay in touch with people that I ordinarily would not, um, just because of time and distance. And there's a whole we are we are your generation, my generation, is the first one to really have the opportunity. At this age, this this portion of our lives, mm. to have the kind of connections with people from our past that we do, and there's good, there's there's some, you know, there's good parts and bad parts of that, obviously. Right. But our parents and their parents, and you know, the once you left college or the job you were at for twenty years or the military or whatever social or the church or whatever social group you were part of, if you ever left that, you know Right. So much of that stuff you just stop talking to those folks. Oh yeah, there's a lot of people that I don't stay in touch with. Sure. And, and there's reasons for that. Oh yeah, well there's a I mean oh there's there are people who I know are on Facebook I'm never going to talk to. Yeah. I have no interest in speaking to them ever again. Um I'm not saying they're terrible people, I'm just saying I don't you know they're not part of my life. Um, and some of them are terrible people. <laughs> speaking, speaking of terrible people, Uh-oh. I'm on I'm on our horror for me Twitter uh-huh. account. Yeah, I'm just randomly going through stuff because I just got a pop up. Somebody likes this, you know, because we just posted sure. just posted the sec- the the next Zompocalypse now. Mm-hmm. And on the hashtag preacher, yeah, this is the official hashtag preacher mm-hmm. under. Top tweets, not all tweets, top tweets. One, two, 
three, four, five down. Mr. Dustin Adair, can I buy Tulip a coffee and just listen to her for about six forevers? Yeah. There he is right there on the top <laughs> uh, tweets. Yes. And then after Entertainment Weekly and some guy named Jarrett Weisselman, there he is again. Uh-oh, a little girl that obviously means death is coming. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dustin is live tweeting during the show. And what's interesting is that Dustin is live tweeting during the show that we are watching on a delay. He's on the top tweets. That's top tweets. Yeah, well, that is, that's cool. He is a well. You know what? Dustin is Dustin is a fantastic tweeter. And for those of you who are listening to that, just sounds weird. Dustin is a fantastic <laughs> tweeter. He's um, a great twit. Uh, no wait, wait, don't you don't say it that way. So right? uh, yeah, the <laughs> and we actually talked about this a little bit on on uh, we have a couple digressions on Apocalypse now this week, but because um, yeah, we're we're covering Preacher right now. Uh, and toward the end, we talk a little about tweeting, and he basically t- says that I'm a terrible, I'm terrible at tweeting, and to some degree, you he, are. In some degree, he's correct. You are, you uh, are very bad at it. Um, although I'll have you know uh, that uh, I do it in spite of my hatred for social media. Yeah, <laughs> I do it when I remember, and I try really, really hard to do it for this show. I try hard to do it for Zompocalypse now. I try hard to do it for the Winona Earp stuff. Should I start sending you reminders? It's not a bad idea. Huh? Because well because I mean uh, Twitter is not a is not a natural platform for no. me. And and some folks you know, Dustin's really good at it though. Dustin takes to it and he and so he'll live tweet stuff. He and Curtis can live live tweet really quick. Yeah. Right. And I think it's part of the problem I have is that I'm I tend to be one of the you know, I tend to l- want to edit as sure. I, and, yeah, and, live tweet is is raw gut reaction yeah, type and I'm, stuff. That's really not the way I, I. You're more analytical. Yeah, so that's it's so it's not really my thing, but um, Dustin, it is, and some of Dustin's tweets from from the show <laughs> were just great, um, and because he's you know Dustin is we we joke that Dustin's very snarky. Dustin's very smart. But he also has a very biting sense of humor when he wants to, and so yeah. and, and some he can be very snarky, but he's very funny. And so that's something that pops up. He's really good at doing that through his tweets. And, um, yeah, it's it's kind of a joy. When we had when we were doing when we were having our sort of you know when Team Zombie was Dustin and Curtis and Anne Marie in the background uh, uh, judging us uh, <laughs> as well. She should. She probably still does. She, oh yeah. She, oh, of distance. course she does. Yeah. Um, as yeah, again, as well she should. Um, you know. Dustin and I would be watching, and Dustin would be taking notes, and Curt- Curtis would be live tweeting uh, The Walking Dead. Yeah, and so Dustin has kind of picked that up and and done it for uh, both Fear the Walking Dead. He was doing a lot of live tweeting, and especially now for Preacher, and we're having a great time with Preacher. It really is. Um, it's an interesting. It's an interesting show because right now they're doing a really good job of treating faith very very positively. Mm-hmm. Like it's an actual thing that benefits some people, in the right? World. And, and in fact, there, there's an, there, there's actually a discussion between the Irish vampire, <laughs> the conversations you can have about a show, but the conversation sure. between the Irish vampire and the preacher uh, with the with the dangerous past, uh, who's terrible being a preacher, um, but he's talking about his faith and why it matters to him, and it's a really well written scene. And I'm telling Dustin, and spoilers for the comic that ended a decade ago. Um, it's about to go off the rails uh, when it comes to its 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 display of of certain religious figures, if the, if it follows the comic. All right. Um, 
And ultimately, Preacher and uh, Preacher is a lot of different things. The comic book was a lot of different things. But one of the things it was discussing was, you know, faith is faith is an obsessive thing. Um, uh, questioning, you know, the nature of God. I mean, there, there's it, there's a lot there's a lot of meta meta discussion happening at Preacher. Mm-hmm. Also, while you have Irish vampires and people running around with guns and nuclear bombs and explosions and immortal killers and all these different crazy things. Yeah, like you do. Right, like you do. But there's there's layers to Preacher. It, it offended a lot of people when it was a comic book, but a lot of them were looking at a surface level. They weren't looking deeper. Right. You can still be offended if you look deeper, but, I mean, there's more to it than what it initially appears. I'm liking the fact, because this is something that we saw coming out of the Walking Dead universe, which is every time you're introduced, introduced a character who believes in something, and faith is an easy one to do belief a belief system in. Yeah, they've automatically got a target on their they back. They've got a target on their back. And it doesn't, you know, religions, religions, the the clear cut one, but it's m- pretty much anything in The Walking Dead. Well, hope, I mean, you guys, hope yeah, must be hope, destroyed. Hope, yeah, that's hope the must big be thing. That's the that's the I think the the consistent long running complaint that you guys have had about the show since probably what season two. Yeah, well, because I mean, because we have a character like Herschel, who ultimately becomes the, in many ways a heart and soul of the show, mm-hmm. and is a religious character who whose faith just gets savaged um and he still ends up managing to pick it back up he just doesn't talk about it as much it's still there you can still tell it's there right but it's one of those things where that's just a walk that's just a a a feature of the walking dead world is belief in anything and it it doesn't have to be religion it's just a a faith in the future any kind of strong conviction of any sort right is is just watch it get destroyed um, and sometimes that's a good thing in terms of, you know, if, if your, if your belief system is a dangerous one or to other people, mm-hmm. you know, okay, you know, that some belief systems are bad. Um, and I'm not necessarily talking about religion. I'm talking just in general. Sure. Um, but yeah. So, so having these moments in things like preacher, even, even though I know what's coming, if it sticks to the comic, it's about to get really blasphemous really quick. Mm-hmm. To have these moments where the character who is going to be struggling the most with his faith, to sit there and have that moment where he sits there and talks about why he believes what he believes, is a really good moment. Speaking, I'm of, not that religious, and I appreciate that because it's I don't I don't you know I don't like the military being shown. Right. It, you know, the is the military perfect? No. Does the military do terrible things? Sure. Does every portrayal in the movies have to be a, a military that is incompetent? Michael Bay. Um, no, it does not. There, there is. Uh, did you see? Um, speaking of of um, faith challenged yeah. figures, did you see that Norman Reedus was asked about playing Ghost Rider? Was he really Norman Reedus? I guess. I, I guess maybe because. He's got that new show. Sure, and about, he's, he's you know, an avowed biker. Writing, writing with Norman Reedus. Some, apparently somebody said, hey, what would you think about playing Ghost Rider? He's like, yeah. Oh, he'd be great at Ghost Rider. Yeah, he's really excited about it. Well, and I mean. And, and we're already seeing fan art. Oh, sure. Of course. course. So Marvel, pay attention. This would be a good, this would be an excellent casting choice because everybody, people know him, of course, from The mm-hmm. Walking Dead, but he's done other stuff. If Ghost Rider dies, we riot. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> See, there's a tagline for it. There's, there you there's, go, there's right? your marketing thing. It's like we killed Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> um, but well, I mean, if you if you follow his like Instagram or his Twitter, 
you know, he's there's so much stuff about his because he loves to ride. He yeah. loves he loves to do the biking, uh, the the motorcycles world. He may like biking too. I don't know if he likes I, the yeah. bicycle too. But do you uh, see uh, the uh, Sharon Stone let drop a little bit more yeah. about her Marvel heat character? based powers? Yeah, yeah. People are speculating. Yeah, I'm sure they are. People are speculating that she's Janet Van Dyne. See, I would actually like her to be Janet Van Dyne. Because yeah, because I mean, how meta would it be? That I know. Stone <laughs> and Michael Douglas. That's exactly it. <laughs> yes. uh, and for those of you who are too young to know what we're talking about, uh, Mo- like most of you. Uh, wow, Basic Instinct. Mm. Um, you know, I never saw that movie. I tell you what, we saw that film in that film came out when I was in college, and we went and watched it, and it was a. It was very much a product of its time. Sure. And it it holds up on a certain level now because it's a sexy movie. You know, I mean it's 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 full of beautiful people, it's stylishly shot. It's a you know, it's a cool it's a it's a neat movie to look at. Who directed that one? Was it De Palma? Oh my goodness, I would I don't know. Um I have to look that up because I can't remember. But it was um <laughs> it was definitely a film where it, the stereotyping in that film, oh yeah, uh, is very much um, something that that you would not have now, and, and that's probably for the best. Um, actually, no, that's for the best. Um, <laughs> no, it was Paul Verhoeven. Oh, there you go. Uh, yeah, who did, who did RoboCop two? Who did RoboCop two and uh, uh, Starship Troopers? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and which which actually was a parody. Of the book, in yeah, it really was. Um, I think that a lot of people missed the point, and he's yeah. he's had a mixed career in Hollywood, to be sure. But Basic Instinct was really really interesting because it was it was the kind of film that you was full of just enough titillation to make you go ooh, mm-hmm. and also make you really uncomfortable. Yeah, and actually, I got a painting out of Basic Instinct. Um, I have my my degrees in graphic design, and I minored in painting. Um, and <laughs> I I was I was watching Basic Instinct, and part of me was registering the fact, and I didn't realize this until I did the painting. Part of me was registering the fact that the 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 women in the film were much more the sex objects. Than the right. men, sure, which is you know, uh, happens product, a lot of movies anyway. But product, well, product of his time, like also, you said. But de- yeah, but definitely a product of its time. But but certainly it's, we still have it now. But so much so in the nineties yeah. and early two thousands. Um, and so I did a painting where it was a it was really dark reds and and dark blues, and and it's you actually have to look at the painting to see the subject. I mean, it's not obvious, um, not exactly abstract because it's a it's a figure. Yeah, and it's basically it's basically a new, but you can't see your face because it's not. And but it's it's something the kind of thing where you actually have to look at it to see what it is. And I'm actually really really proud of that piece. But um, it took me a while to realize that's what I was doing. Is that I was I had my own little piece of you know mental mm-hmm. thing I was working through in my head. But in the film, Michael Douglas and Sharon Stone have this thing, and it's you know so there's some iconic. Uh, lines and and shots in that film that if i was marvel oh sure i would go 
this is a thing. Oh, you sure. Do. You have to. Um, you have to. And somehow, well, somehow make a reference to it without making the reference to the, to the, sure. but the people, but interrogation shot. People are already, already saying, you know, the whole heat thing, you know, if you if you squint just right, hmm. wasps' powers could be like little heat stingers, heat you know laser type of things, and there's there's heat to that because she's already said that she has a wee part, right? You know, <laughs> using that, and so I'm like, okay, that's that that would just be that would just be a fun trip for for the older people in the audience. Oh yeah, just because, just because you, it's it's a wink and a nod mm-hmm. that doesn't have to be there. They don't have to do anything with it. No, no, but they all don't you... even have to be a reference to it or anything. It's just we know what we did. Oh yeah, you know they're sitting there thinking about that. <laughs> well, it'd be like it'd be like putting uh, um, Glenn Close and Michael Douglas in a film together, or Robert Downey Jr. and Marissa Tomei. <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which. Oh wait! Yeah, yeah. I know. So it's well, and and what's what's cool is that. Did you see that thing that Downey posted on his? What it was on Twitter? Uh-uh. <laughs> uh It was yeah. Um, it was he's he's definitely tweaking the uh, tweaking the fans. Oh sure. It's a uh, I don't even know. It's a a parody. Peter Parker walking in on Ben and May, and. Downey's put his face on Ben. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Hold it. Just wait. Wait. Time out. Stop. Hold it. Wait. Well, you know, of course, we have the cool thing. One of the cool things about the Marvel Universe is that they're bringing in some of these big name actors. To yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Glenn Close was in a Marvel movie. Anthony Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. I mean, you're saying these, these are these are actors uh, Oscar who Oscar winners. And who, they, I mean, they have... They have had definitive roles. They have changed film mm-hmm. by their performances. And to have them come in and just, you know, uh, Michael Douglas showing up as Hank Pym is is yeah. just. Well, uh, when they first announced it, I went, well, huh? Yeah. What? <laughs> Mike, Michael, wait, what? Are you sure that's not a typo? No, my, Michael Keaton, maybe. But Michael Douglas? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, just the fact that, you know, Glenn Close is in Guardians of the Galaxy, and you're going, wait a minute, hang on. I know, playing an alien. And then you see her hair. You see their hairstyle, and you're like, yeah. Okay, and, cool. And she's ready to go back and do it again. Of course. Well, because, and I think, you know, what what they have done a really good job with in the Marvel Universe um, is making it fun for the performers. Yeah. And um, I think that if nothing else, that's a lesson for any filmmaker. Whether it's Marvel or DC or any the, anybody really, is make sure your your people are having a good time because they're, it's going to show. Well, and I'm wondering because I keep seeing because all of this shuffle that's going on at Warner Brothers right now, and with the with the creation of DC Films as mm-hmm. its own unit, that you know, fans on the outside, we've been sitting there for years t- saying that Warner Brothers needs to do this. To have DC its own movie unit, just mm-hmm. like Marvel does. And did you see that uh, Justice League Dark going to is going to be animated? Yeah. And then we've got uh, the Superhero Girls, which is the the teen the teen versions of 
all the all the 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 women Wonder Woman, right, Batgirl, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. all that. They're getting an animated movie. Okay, sure. And it's all of a sudden. It's it's almost like. It's almost like somebody at Warner Brothers said, "Okay, Jeff, here are the keys. Uh-huh. What do you want to do?" Yeah. And Jeff Johns kind of sat there and went, <sighs> "Here's the list." Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, actually, I'm, I was I was actually very pleased to see Justice League Dark is going to be an animated film because a, it means it's going to make it to a screen. Yeah. Which there was real doubt. And it doesn't have to have Batman about in the it. live action version, right? And it also frees up certain things well and of course people are already saying that uh they you know that uh matt ryan needs to voice john constantine well of course yeah and well it all but it also well it frees up certain things that you would have have a hard time doing in live action that would not be be significantly more expensive right swamp thing is Mm -hmm. you know if you do swamp thing in justice league dark you're looking at significant expense on camera. Right. You know, CG work and... Motion capture. Oh, yeah. Um, obviously much Andy easier. Circus as Swamp Thing. <laughs> yeah. And obviously much easier to do as an animated picture. But yes, you can have you can have characters who look a little bit like the actors who have played them. You can have... An, you know, the, mm-hmm. and Constantine can both look like... Const, uh, John can look like John from yeah. the comic right. and have Matt Ryan's voice because, well... He was a great Constantine. He was a great Constantine. Yeah. Who, but, would, you, who would you get to play Zatanna? Which voice would I get to play yeah. Zatanna? Yeah. Because um, mm. voice, I mean, you could go out and go, you go anywhere, really. Yeah. Wow. That's a really good question. I have to think about that. Well, we'll have to we'll have to ponder we'll that have to voice and cast. discuss that discuss that on Rogues Gallery. Yeah, because that, that coming up be on the next cool Rogues stuff. Gallery. Um, but I think that really embracing the the animated side of things is is a good thing mm-hmm. for DC because one thing that DC has done well. For the most part. Well, I mean, yeah, and... I've we, got my quibbles. I know. But we've talked about this before. Not every yeah. animated picture is for kids. I know. I know. I know. And But what DC has generally done, whether you like the individual films or not, is they've set a pretty high bar for quality. Yes. The quality of the animation. They, and yeah. it's been, it hasn't always been perfect. They've had some missed ones, too. But generally speaking, story, uh, animation, they've been putting out quality films. They had a mixed bag on the reactions. I personally thought the Wonder Woman... See, I film. like that one. I did too. I, I thought re- it was fine, and it seems to have just not gone over particularly well. But I thought it was. I really enjoyed that movie, and I thought it was a. It was an inter- it, you know, it was a good take on the mythology, mm-hmm. and and it was very well cast. Um, you know, it's some it's some of the stuff that came out of the new fifty two. The the movies that came out of the new fifty two didn't do much for me, but that no. a lot of that was the new fifty two. Yeah, because I you know I've not been particularly a huge fan of of that particular side of things. With all the best stuff happening in the New Fifty Two happening and stuff that wasn't necessarily prime candidates for animation, right? I mean the horror titles, New Fifty Two horror titles were really they took some real chances and told some really interesting stories, but they were not had no interest in doing the animated films, the horror the horror stuff as animated films, which is actually D- dear DC Comics. <laughs> um. You have a fantastic catalog of creepy stuff on your horror side. You've got Animal Man. You've got Swamp Thing. Right. You've got um, Phantom Stranger. You've got the Spectre. Oh, do you see? Do you see? Uh, uh, Josh Brolin said that he'd be willing to play Jonah Hex again. I would be okay with that. Actually, I would too. I thought he did 
fine as Jonah Hex. He did fine in a movie that did not deserve him. Yep. The movie that that, that movie was not written well, and which is unfortunate because it had a really good cast. Yeah. And they were overall they were wasted. It's hopefully, hopefully, uh, they if you're gonna if you're gonna have films that are going to span the uh, age range in animation, mm-hmm. which you should actually, by the way. Um, you know, because you'd like to see some stuff that you could watch with your son. Yes, I would. Uh, I want to see stuff that is going to be, you know, all ages and some stuff that's not going to be for kids. And DC wants to make rated R pictures. Do it in the animated stuff and go do do it on the horror side. You know, slap a big, you know, parental guidance sticker on it. Right. Um, because then you can give then you can give me American Gothic. You can give me Swamp Thing American Gothic and finally make Alan Moore happy with a DC with a DC movie. <laughs> Alan Moore is never going to be happy with anything. Alan Moore DC has a new does. movie out. Does it? Yeah, I saw it. I well, haven't. I, I don't know much about the, it, but I know he's done the this this short the short film projects that he was a part of. I thought. I yeah, well, I think there's something new that's coming out. I can't else? remember if it's a short film or if it's a it's a longer project, but yeah. it's something that he's making with a with a filmmaker himself. He would probably if you do a if you, if you were to do a faithful adaptation of his arc, the first let's say the first three or four issues mm-hmm. of his his run on Swamp Thing, and yeah. you did it right, he would probably do something like say, "I don't hate it," and that would be the only <laughs> thing you'd hear. And, and that would everyone sit there and go, "Yes, we yeah. win! We won! It's a win! That's a win! <laughs> Take it and run." Um, <laughs> That's funny. but it also it also something that that you know I, you're not going to get you're not going to get the DC horror side of things in the live action you're yeah. just not and DC DC does some really good horror titles um, you know the fact that we're getting an Aquaman movie gives me a little bit of hope it, that gave me a little bit of hope that we were going to get a Justice League Dark movie because Justice League Dark is kind of like you know it's the magical side of the Justice League mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, which is a little more horror based anyway when you know. Your, some of your characters are right off the bat. Oh yeah, and this guy's a demon. Ta da! <laughs> you yeah. know. Um, you so. know. You know who? Okay, I I just ran across. You know who could voice Zatanna? Hmm. Coda de Pablo. Coda de Pablo from NCIS. Ziva. Oh. Ziva David. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. See, she's got to have an accent. I I I see. I I hear Zatanna having an accent because her father's. You know, Zatanna, Zatara. Mm-hmm. They're what Greek? Is it? I think. Oh, goodness. Yeah. I see. I've, I'm. I'm thinking. The older I get, the more I think on this. The, the more I'm thinking, the Zatanna needs to have an accent of some. Well, sort. you know, I think it would. Part of that would just be the fact that we are at a point where we're we're actually wanting more of our characters to sound like their backstories or should make them sound right. So if you've got a character, you know the. Um, Having you know, uh, Elektra show up and Daredevil, you want her to have an accent. Yep, I've still got my pitch for Zatanna TV series. Yeah, sitting there. I all I need is for well, maybe I should be maybe I should be trying to get Greg Berlanti's attention. There you go. Instead of more, I think you probably should. Hey, Mr. Berlanti, Landshark, Um, (laughs) I have an idea. What you do is you sit there and you 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 have him float uh, an episode of Legends of Tomorrow. Where it's yeah. see, you know, yeah. your little backdoor pilot. Well, we're getting a different vixen in Legends a of A younger one, yes. A, a, yep. different, a different version different of the a- character. Yeah. Uh, because there's a scheduling conflict. You can't, the, 
the the actress who had played her in the animated and in in Arrow yep. was now she's going to voice she's going to voice Vixen for the second season of the animated stuff. After that, she's got other commitments that she's got to do. Right, and I think I think there was some indication that she'd be willing to come back mm-hmm. to do like you know the occasional thing, but she couldn't do a, an ongoing series. Right. Um, so they're bringing a different version of Vixen from the past. Um, but you know, I think that we've already we we already saw in Legends of Tomorrow they're willing to go some interesting places because we of course got a version of Jonah Hex. Yes, um, which not, actually not was bad, not bad, not bad. And hopefully that means we get uh, uh, a Matt Ryan appearance somewhere. And oh, that would be fun. that would be great. Well, and and also some of the untapped things that we came out of out of uh, Constantine because we didn't have you know we just had the beginnings of the Spectre with Jim Corrigan mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and. You know, if, hey, if DC wants to do dark and gritty, yeah, um, oh, you know, the Spectre. They have a few titles that. that are already that are prime for dark and gritty because right. I mean, basically, right. pick pick your pick your flavor of uh, uh, which which version, depending on which the writer, what the Spectre was, mm-hmm. and uh, everywhere from you know God's vengeance to uh, the Angel of Death, yeah. Um, and the human being, the human detective that it's bonded to, which has been a couple different guys. Um, that's straight. You could do some straight up, you know, nightmare fuel right there. Because, uh, <laughs> I mean, the spec- if, especially if you go back to the early days of the Spectre in the comic, I mean, it was kind of like, and now I'm going to turn you into a candle and then burn the candle. You'll still be alive the whole time. And I'm like, oh, my and God. And you'll certainly feel it. It's like, wait a minute. This is yeah. terrible. So, yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of cool stuff. So, so. uh so here, so DC, why don't you give Zack Snyder the horror verse? No, don't let Zack Snyder anywhere near uh, any of the rest. Of it. You give him the horror verse, and you give him some of the titles like you know that you don't care. See, about. the thing, but it is though. Even even with those, you still have to do story. You still have to tell a good story, and uh, Zack Snyder cannot tell a good story to save his life. Well, and I mean, you know, I'm I I spent a a dangerous evening falling down. Uh, the TV Tropes website. <laughs> You're prep- prepping for the new show, are you? Well, <laughs> the, uh, I, I have so many ideas for I that. I know. Um, we'll talk about that another time. Yes. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, if you if you folks ever want to just completely destroy hours and T- hours. TVTropes.org, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. And because so much of... I went to so many different places. But I saw some interesting analysis of, of Zack Snyder's stuff. And I I still maintain that Zack Snyder, of course, has made one really good film. His day, his uh, uh, Dawn of the Dead uh, yeah. reimagining, which I thought was really it's, – it's a solid, solid horror film. With, there's humor and things. Um, I continue to have mixed feelings about Sucker Punch because it's visually very interesting. Oh yeah, visually stunning. And it's and a the sto- crap story. Well, the intent of the intent of the story by everybody involved, what everyone everyone said the story was about. I can see what they were aiming for. They did mm-hmm. not get there. Right. The director's cut gets there closer. Still doesn't get there. But see the thing but it is though, no matter which one you're looking at, the reveal at the end completely undermines everything that you've well, seen up until exactly. that point. Exactly, and I and and that's part of the, that's part of the problem with with that kind of storytelling, which is if you're going and for, for the folks who want to see it, I'm not going to give away the spoiler here, and you don't, but you know, but I'm not. It's it's a hard film for me to recommend because visually it's very cool. 
It's got some yeah. great visuals. But you can't tell an omniscient third-person narration from a first-person who's not your lead. Right. <laughs> I mean, you can't. It's the there's there's a there's a shift in who the story is being told by and who the story is being told about that doesn't make sense. Yeah. But any anyway, but but there's a lot of there's a lot of commentary about how we perceive women in film that's in the movie that is it's just it's not it's not it it that the point it's of, not self-aware enough to be commentary. Exactly. And that and then everyone ta- involved with the film talks about what they were trying to do and making that an obvious thing, yeah, and they didn't get there. So, no. so I give him some credit for that. Um, he made the he made the owl movie, which I didn't see. Um, Guardians of something or other. Oh, 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 yeah, uh, yeah Rise of the Guardians. Right. So, I mean, yeah. I, you know, I didn't see that, but I, you know, so I can't really speak. That to was it. him. Yeah, he directed that one. That was an animated picture. Yeah, Zack Snyder. Yeah, I. I didn't know that. Um, I didn't realize that. And um, and then of course we had we had uh, Man of Steel, which I still feel like you know with some some editing and and give me thirty more seconds of footage that I script for you. Yeah, it's still uh, piece of crap. Well, no, no. <laughs> uh, but again, I found I found it very very visually interesting because of the of the att- of the, the idea to put it in you know have physics sure, work right. right? right. Um, but it was also again the the film that really made it crystal clear that you if you apply superheroes to the real world things get scary are there movies that this is this is something we probably should talk about at some point because we never really did cover any kind of uh, topic tonight but sure are there movies that you've always intended to see but oh, you just yeah. haven't gotten you just haven't gotten around to it. Yeah, yeah. Let's 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 open this up. H2O at sci-fi for me.com. Mm-hmm. Leave us your comments about whether or not there's if there's a TV show you just meaning to get mm-hmm. around or if you know, if you've got this list of titles of of TV shows or movies or books because we're you know, we're still there with the Hugo Awards. Yeah. We've got this whole list of the Hugo nominees that we need to read sure. and we just haven't gotten around to it. All of the different things, the titles of film and TV and and books or whatever, these stories that interest you, stories that you've had an intention to read, but you just haven't got around to it. And we're gonna we're gonna close out with that yeah. with that. So put your thinking caps on. Hmm. Send us notes and let us know what's on your list of. Things that just haven't gotten around to it yet. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll discuss that on an upcoming episode of, of H2O. You also had another idea for a topic uh, that we'll get to. Yeah. Um, right. So, so we'll, bit, we'll throw maybe. this out here. Uh, uh, fan theories. Right. So yeah. um, part of the part of the genre, the, the fun of the genre mm-hmm. is that is fan theories. Right. And there's some obvious ones of course. There's the you know the Jar Jar Binks Jar Jar Binks Sith Lord and and all the various things you can throw out with this stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's become a game. We're all playing the fan theory game. Yeah, Bland Head Cannon. Yeah. It's a big one now. And so um talk about some of the favorite fan theories and some of the more interesting ones and some of the ones that are probably just mind-numbingly terrible. Yeah. Um but that's a fun one to talk about, I think. We'll, we'll do that on an upcoming episode as well. You know what this episode has really been? This is actually an episode that is probably more like your and my general conversations, where we actually <laughs> are. Like, yeah. This is what it yeah. sounds like. This is, sounds like when we're actually not recording. We're just like, what about this? What about this? What yeah. about this? Hey, did you hear about this? Yeah. yeah. 
Here we go, round again. That's right. All right, so that's going to do it for us tonight. We are going to wrap up, and uh, and again, if you have comments that you'd like to share, we are on all of the social media that, well, all the social media that counts right now. Facebook, all the media yeah, you can drink. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, Google+, YouTube, Tumblr, and Twitch is mm-hmm, the yeah. new one. Instagram. Right. Um, so that's, that's all. Uh, Pinterest. Uh, if you're into cosplay, our Pinterest boards are all cosplay all the time. Uh, you can send us a note, H2O at SciFiForMe.com, and uh, share your thoughts, leave your comments. If you are listening to us through iTunes, please rate and share. It's the only way that we know anybody is listening over there. And uh, do check out Zompocalypse Now, Mr. Mm-hmm. Harvey, Mr. A. Dare talking. And uh, the new episode of Sci-Fi for Chicks is up, talking about yes. Black Widow. And we've got some other stuff brewing we that do. we're not going to tell you yet. But Can't uh let you know just yet. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all of that's coming up. And uh, we will have another episode of H2O next week. Thanks very much for listening to this one. Good night. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi for Me Radio. Copyright 2016 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. This is Sci-Fi for Me Radio. 